Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. For this week's episode on Damn Good Movie Memories, we are honored to have Ian Wadley, a.k.a. Wadzilla, joining us. You've heard Ian weekly for the past three years on the amazing Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Ian also has a terrific online radio program every Saturday called Wadzilla's World, featuring not just rock and metal, but a wide range of genres, and is awesome and eclectic to listen to. You can listen to Wadzilla's World every Saturday from 11 a.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern on Soundphoria Radio. Then, of course, download the latest Rock and Metal Combat podcast every episode. Every episode is on Sunday, I believe. And uh, and here's Ian. We're we're great. We're I'm grateful to have him on because he doesn't just love music. He also loves movies. So this is a match made in heaven. Oh, I'm happy to be honored. Honored is a strong word. <laughs> you know, you know, I almost feel like there's a court order, like you had to have me on your show. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, uh, seriously, I, I love your show. I love the appearances that you have done on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. You were, you were an amazing guest. You picked great albums to talk about, and I've been thoroughly enjoying uh, good movie, damn good movie memories, uh, listening to past episodes, having a good time. It's It's, it's a passion of mine just as much as music movies are a passion of mine and i'm so happy that somebody is doing you know you know a show that covers all this stuff because there's a lot of us out there we just all need to come together and listen to your show (laughs) well i appreciate that because you know at first i was thinking well it'd be fun to do music podcast but there's so many good ones out there and i can't compete with the rock and metal combat podcast or yeah, exactly. And I don't want to. So I figured I'd go movies and then I can have you guys come on my podcast and we're not even we don't have to talk about music. We can talk about, you know, the other passion, which is movies. Yes. All right. So what we're going to do is I've done this with past guests is I just kind of go through the plethora of topics we've done over the past year. We now have 58 episodes. And so we're, I'm just going to go through the list and ask Ian um, all, the variety of topics we've covered and we're going to get his um, unadulterated comments on 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 everything that we have, and and he's probably studied a little bit, but not much. Like he likes to do things off the cuff. So that right, I'm looking forward to what he has to say. All right, and, and, and do I, do I get my own episode, or is this one that's going to be? Uh... No, no, you get your own episode oh, because we're, boy. Oh, boy. we're covering things that have already been kind of talked about. And since you haven't been on the show before, I mean, we've done many damn good movie uh, memory episodes on on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, but this one is is strictly for you. Oh, because you deserve nice. it. Nice, I can tell my mother; she'll be so proud. All right, so let's let's get it uh, started. And the first question we're going to ask, which was also the first episode, what was the first movie you actually remember seeing in a movie theater? Okay, uh, the first movie I remember seeing differs from the first movie that I actually saw. Um, Both my mother and father uh, conceded that the first thing I saw in the theater was a a Warner Brothers cartoon, kind of like a... uh, uh, what do you call what's uh wily coyote you know something like that but i don't remember oh, seeing looney that. tunes yeah looney tunes movie but the first movie i remember seeing is a drive-in movie and it was nice it was a double header yes i grew up with the drive-in 
<laughs> for you know, I, I'm I'm 43 and a half years old, so I'm I'm kind of old. But I was lucky enough to grow up with the drive-in, which was an amazing experience all in and of oh, itself. Yeah. Um, but the first one I remember seeing was a double header of meatballs and piranha. <laughs> awesome. Well, Meatballs was also best known for being Bill Murray's first uh, first movie after yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that was something you know my parents loved. My parents were both big Saturday Night Live fans, uh, but this is something uh, I just remember my dad took me to, and uh, you know just seeing that you know Meatballs seemed kind of crazy, and uh, you know my dad was a huge horror movie fan, so seeing Piranha after that. Uh, you know, and this is, I mean, this is before I'm in fucking kindergarten. <laughs> you know, I remember seeing this shit. I was like four years old. I believe it was 1979, like right, but before I turned five or I might've just turned five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing that, uh, made a big impression on me and, uh, man, I miss drive-ins and anybody, if you live near a drive-in, please go because it's an experience unto itself. And unfortunately, it's true. Yeah, ninety nine percent of my experiences were with my grandfather. Ooh, boy, mm. that sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but where I lived, the drive-in closed right before I turned sixteen, so I never got to take a date there. You know, my dad told me all these stories about how he got laid at the drive-in. He did this and that. Oh, I was on acid at the drive-in. It was the sixties. <laughs> you know, it was oh. oh. You know, I missed out on all that. Most of the time, I just sat there with my grandfather and ate a tombstone pizza that you could get at the, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, at the concession stand. Right. You used to go, because that was the big thing about the drive-in. You could get shit you couldn't get, you know, regular theater, you're just getting popcorn and junior mints and jujubes. Yeah. You know, but at the drive-in, they, they would make you a tombstone pizza that you could take back to your car. And, oh, yeah, and then you. You'd sneak your friends in the trunk, and you pay oh, for only two people. Well, yeah. See, I, I missed all that. My dad did uh, all that. Like I said, you know, uh, I remember going a couple times with my dad. The rest of the time was with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to love, uh, I grew up in Illinois, about an hour south of Chicago. And, right. And uh, I lived for the summertime, because in the summertime, I saw three movies a weekend. In the wintertime... Uh, I only saw two movies a weekend. And I know like people are like, oh, you're bitching about that. But my <laughs> grandfather was also a movie buff. Mm-hmm. But in the summertime, when we go to the drive-in, you, you know, that, that was always a double feature. Right. You know, but whatever night we didn't go to the drive-in, we would go to one of the three other, uh, you know, I grew up, there was the Paramount Theater, uh, which was a single theater at that time, the Town mm-hmm. Cinema, which the town cinema would always show like the worst movies, and and not necessarily the worst movie, but you know what I mean. Like like if it was a canon movie, it was right. It, it was getting shown. At it was the a town. Charles Bronson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Charles Bronson was in it. It was at the canon, and your feet would stick to the fucking floor. You know. And then there was the Meta View, which was uh, our like local mall at that time, which wasn't even like a real mall. It was like a strip mall. But yeah. It, it had a theater that had. Uh, three different, uh, you know, movie theaters in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I would always see. I mean, I mean, seriously, from the age of like four till you know high school, I would see a minimum of two to three movies a weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I miss 
you know, going to the movies now is not as much of a fun experience, whether it be the quality of movies or the lack of drive-ins. There is still a drive-in here in, in San Jose, and they play double features, and it's inexpensive to go. It just the whole experience is different now because of streaming and, and home right. entertainment, you know? Right. Well, I, I think it's a mixture of things for me. Uh, you know, one is like you almost have to take out a small bank loan to go to the movies. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember going to see matinees for like a dollar fifty. Exactly. You, you know, and I used to ride my bike, you know, in the summertime. Oh, my God. I would, you know, summertime, you're out of school. I'd ride my bike to the theater all the time and see shit. I remember yeah. riding my bike, you know, being 10 years old. You know, I particularly remember the summer of 84, like seeing stuff like Gremlins and Ghostbusters and yeah. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. I mean, that was uh-huh. a summer I will never forget being 10 years old, riding my Huffy with red tires. So, uh-huh. you know, you know, when I <laughs> slid out, it left a red tread mark, you know. Oh, that kind yeah. Of shit. But nowadays, when you go to the theaters, it's so expensive. And uh, especially if you go to see a 3D movie, then you. Oh, you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's even worse. And, 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 and oh, the concessions are through the fucking roof. Uh, yeah. There's a local theater that I go to around, uh, you know, in New Orleans. It is actually the oldest theater in New Orleans. It's called the Britannia. And I'm, okay. I'm very proud to, uh, you know, this to be my theater. It's a, it's a single theater building. And and they are amazing because they do not only whatever the current movie is, they do midnight movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings, they do classics. And it's everything from, like, fucking Singing in the Rain to... Uh, Alfred Hitchcock to James oh, Bond great. movies, yeah, you know, so there, so there's all that, and it, it's such a it's such a great theater. Like I saw um, Star Wars: Force Awakens, they showed it in 3D there. It's not uh-huh. typically one of those type of theaters, but they showed it in that. Uh, by the way, it was the first 3D movie I saw in the theater since Jaws 3D. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 1983. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the summer of 3D. I saw, what was that? Uh, there was Jaws 3D. I saw Friday 13 3D. At That's the, right. At the drive-in. And there was, uh, oh, fuck. What was, what was the movie? It was so bad. It was a science fiction movie. Uh, <laughs> came out in the summer of 3D. But I just remember Jaws 3D where they were purposely showing, you know, like shots just to get the 3D vibe. Didn't help the story at all. Um, you know, Roy Scheider wasn't even in the movie. You had Dennis Quaid and Lou Gossett Jr. And I still enjoy watching it now, even though it's a, it's a shit film. But, uh, yeah, well, so what, a, what an atrocity. Oh, my God. And I got to say, that was the worst 3D that I ever saw yeah. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the theater. That's one of those where, like, I'm taking the glasses off. I was like, yeah. oh, this oh, okay, now I see it. Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Oh, my. Yeah, Molly uh, Ringwall and I think Peter Weller, not, or Peter somebody. Yeah, well, not, 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 uh, no. Not a high point of the year. Uh, yeah, not Peter <laughs> Weller. That was, uh, that was RoboCop. It's Peter somebody right. else. But anyway, you get, you kids get the point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, when I'm getting back to to the Britannia yeah. though, it's it's one of those. It's a nice small theater, and when I go, I always sit in the balcony. And it's New Orleans. I mean, this is yeah. a party town. So if you go in the balcony, there's drugs, there's alcohol. <laughs> you know, it, you know. I had some friends come and visit me from Indiana, and mm-hmm. I I took them there to see it. We were so drunk, we walked from my house. We walked two miles from my house 
to the theater <laughs> drunk to see it. And and somebody just turned around the balcony and handed my buddy's wife a glass of wine. Holy fuck, this never happens in Indiana. I'm like, welcome to New Orleans. Exactly. You know, exactly. like 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 here you go. And uh, and I well, pass- there's a there's a great theater in Portland where they actually serve alcohol there. Or you can go to the um, the Alamo Draft House. There's yeah. Alamo Draft House. Yeah, that's a chain, yeah. right? Yeah, and they'll serve you know really good food and, and definitely alcohol and and uh, that's always fun. Yeah, we saw. Life Aquatic Steve Azuzu when we were in Portland I drinking. I love that movie. Oh, that yeah. Movie. My buddy, after a lot of beer, was just like, every five minutes, he's just, woo, woo. And people just didn't care, you know. You just do whatever oh, you want. Oh, God. No, so. I, I miss that. When I lived in Florida, there was a place that was a brewing view, man. And you could get, same thing, you get, like, a pizza or yeah. hot dogs or hamburgers delivered to your table. And all the, you know, it's, instead of, like, regular movie chairs, it was, like, almost like a... Like a school desk table. Well, well, not a school desk, but you know what I mean? Like a regular table. Yeah. Like a, like a fold-out table, and there was chairs. Mm-hmm. And they would bring you pictures of beer, and you could smoke, and it was fucking awesome. I'd see shit like, you know, re, you know, Return of the Living Dead, you know, and shit like that. It was fucking amazing. And, you know, there's something to be said about seeing shit on the big screen. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of a curmudgeon about that because I don't go that much anymore just because I'm old and I'm lazy and I complain about prices, and, you know, but... Uh, well, the quality of film isn't that good anymore either. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Most of the new movies suck. You know? Yeah. They, you know, there's not, there's, this isn't, you know, the shit that's coming out now makes the 80s look like the 70s. Oh, it's, yeah. It's you're right. As, yeah. as far as quality of pictures, and I mean quality acting, quality storytelling. I mean, all you get now is a bunch of Michael Bay shit that, like, oh god, you know, fuck that shit, you know. Yeah. You know, so remakes, it, remakes, and and superhero movies are where we're at now. So. Yeah, horrible. But that was a long ass fucking answer to your first question. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, and that's that's what I'm looking for. But uh but yeah, piranha and meatballs is the first thing I remember first, seeing. For, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so well we're kinda speaking of piranha, we'll go into the next question, which is what is your favorite horror slash scary movie? Oh now see this is what, like I am a horror movie aficionado. Right. I mean that is oh my god, I grew up on this shit. And uh, one of my favorite genres, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, has been very dormant, aside from a few movies here and there, since the 80s. I mean, really, the 90s and the millennial has been horrible for horror movies. I mean, basically, what you get now is these, you know, these bullshit Blair Wadd. Blair Project fucking found footage shit, or, you know, some kind of, like, bastard-ass... fucking poltergeist scary house shit i mean i don't know this shit's fucking horrible um but i still love horror movies uh i would have to say my favorite and 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 this is you know this could change on any given day but if you're going overall like full effect of what a movie does to you i have to stick with the original uh john carpenter's halloween Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that might be considered a stock to answer. And it's and it's not even my favorite John Carpenter movie. My favorite John Carpenter movie is The Thing. Oh yeah, the the remake from uh, yeah yes, with uh, yes. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's my favorite John Carpenter Russell. movie yeah. of all time. But I mean, if you're going like just regular horror movie, 
there's just something so primal about Halloween and, and, and a pure example of how it doesn't have to be bloody, it doesn't have to be this, but what it has to have is an element of fear you yeah, know, and, and just you know a primal scare, and uh, and 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 that shows me right there. I mean, you can do whatever with uh, special effects. Like I love, I I love Hostel. I love okay. Hostel. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. But that movie shows you so much. Like holy shit, you know. But Halloween to me has the same kind of scares, but without all that. So that right that shows me another level of sophistication that. You know, just through what you create, you can evoke the same type of fear and scare. So that's why I'd probably go with Halloween. Well, that and, and it's a good. I mean, it's a, it's a simple story, but a com, but it's com, complicated in a way too. And I think that's the key. You don't. I, I think going back to why why newer movies don't do as well now. Everything is so convoluted with the CGI, and they kind of forget about the story. We just think, well, kids are only going to like the flash and the bombs and all, all the bullshit instead of the actual story. And I think that's where they're losing out on. And Halloween delivers on that. Yeah, you know, and you know, with horror, you got you got to do one of two things: either you create characters that you care if they die, right. Or you have characters with tits so great you just don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, because there's plenty of horror movies where just that chick whips out her tits and gets killed. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to miss them titties. Oh, <laughs> Lord, you know. I love the 80s. Yes, oh, and yeah. the late 70s. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I love loves tits. I love tits so much I grew my own. <laughs> True story. Well, speaking of that, let's get into the worst movie you saw on a date. And the worst date you had at a movie? You know, I I don't know. Most of the movies I went on a date, uh, I, I've enjoyed. I don't have a lot of bad experiences. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some movies I've walked out on. Uh, you know, and funny enough, it was with my grandfather, who I probably, like I said, 80% of the movies I've seen in my life at theaters were with my grandfather. Okay. Uh, we walked out of Krull. I thought that oh, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very boring. We walked out of the never-ending story. Yeah, you know, I always felt that was a, it's one of the more overrated. Like People, oh. I think, have fond memories of it, oh, but then you actually watch yeah. it, and it's boring I, as shit. I don't get it. Hey, I was of the age. I saw that shit in the theaters, and I was like, fuck this shit, you know? Yeah. I'm gonna go <laughs> I do home like and, the theme song. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go home and watch fucking Porky's on fucking, uh, you know, HBO. That's right. You know? But um, oh oh, I did walk out of uh, the Mummy Two, or whatever <laughs> it was called. It was the second Brandon Fraser movie. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that was, I saw it at a Bruin View in Florida, and even drunk and whatever illegal drugs I was on was not enough to keep me in that theater. I was like, oh, the, I'm out of here. The Mummy, Re- the Mummy Returns from 2001. Yeah, that shit was terrible. <laughs> Something about a fucking. I, I remember fucking. Riding around in a fucking air balloon, I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. This is, <laughs> this is fucking terrible. Seats don't fail me now. Yeah, yeah, horrible. All right, all right, let's get into what is your favorite movie villain that isn't a superhero? That isn't a superhero. Um, okay, well, I, I'd have to say uh, Darth Vader. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a good. That's, you know, I mean, I mean, technically, because it doesn't come from a comic book, he's not a superhero. Yeah, but I mean, Darth Vader is just—I mean, symbolistic of my childhood. I mean, I grew up in the Star Wars era. 
You know, right. it's like either you did or you didn't. I know that I hey, I love that kids these days get Star Wars and it means something to them. But fuck you. I grew <laughs> up with fucking Star Wars. You it's know? true. You know, I saw Star Wars at the drive-in, not on its first release, on the re-release. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but I saw fucking, you know, Empire Strikes Back. My, actually, my first trip to New Orleans before I lived here, I came here to see relatives, and I saw Empire Strikes Back in New Orleans. I waited in line for hours to see fucking Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, only to be like, uh-huh, uh, fucking yes. Yeah. You know, so but, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit younger than you. So my first Star Wars experience was, was Return of the Jedi, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it was a mind blowing experience. Like, oh yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, still like you know, you know, like you know, fucking Return of the Jedi. You know, it's like the best Police Academy movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's not perfect, you know, because look at the first two, but it's still right. goddamn good. That's right. You know. But uh, no, Darth Vader. I mean, he was the epitome of a villain. Like you knew he was bad, but you could not wait. You're, you're like chewing your nails, waiting for him to come back on the screen. Yeah. You know, because he just chewed that shit up. You know. I mean, it's like fucking when Darth Vader shows up. It's like uh, what was that latest one? Uh, that Rogue One. Yeah. Star- yeah. Yeah. And and that's one I was like very like. I was scared about it. I was like, oh, God, Disney is going to fuck this shit up. This is going to be horrible. Right. And uh, and actually, I, I, I got to say, that was the first one that I did not see in theaters. I was so oh. scared. I was like, I didn't even go to the theater. But I'm a pirate, so I got me a copy. <laughs> did you watch, uh, the, did you go to the theater to see the prequels? Yes. Okay. Of course yeah. I did, because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> we but, uh, all are but but so i'm i'm watching rogue one and then at the end spoiler alert for you <laughs> assholes who haven't seen rogue one when fucking vader comes out at the end and just fucks everybody's shit up oh my god dude i mean seriously ser- full-blown chubby i'm fucking whacking it like like <laughs> i hope you're not sitting in front of me you know but, yeah. then, again, but then again i'm watching in my bedroom but That's I, right. I, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like Darth Vader fucking fucking everybody up. I, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, it's like, you know, hit motherfuckers with his saber. And then he's just putting out the hand and they fly everywhere because that motherfucker's got the force. You know, it's just like, oh, holy shit. I mean, I am a James Bond aficionado. I love me some uh-huh. James Bond villains. But, man, when it comes to villains, dude, it, it's Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Well, plus he, he is voiced by one of the greatest, uh, at least voice actors of all time, and that's James Earl Jones. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was. Uh, uh, what what's the other guy's name? Um, who does every other voice uh, over if uh, James Earl Jones? Oh, uh, Morgan Freeman. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was Morgan Freeman <laughs> before Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and that's a great. That's a great point. That is very true. All right, next. Uh, what is your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? Okay, now this is one, man, I gave a lot of thought to this because I, I got to admit, I mean, well, first of all, most people have to admit, Alfred Hitchcock had a shit ton of movies. Yes, he did. In different ton. eras. Yeah, yeah. yes, and, and, you know, most people just know, like, the Universal era kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but he had a lot of movies, a lot of which I have not seen. I'm not going to okay. lie. Uh, I am a huge Hitchcock fan, 
I mean, of what I've seen, I mean, fuck, I even love Family Plot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Frenzy. I think uh, Frenzy's one of the most underrated ones. Oh, Frenzy. I, yeah, I got that on Blu-ray. I just showed that yeah. to my old lady a couple months ago. And she loved Hitchcock and never seen that. She loved it. Yeah, it's great. But if you're going to go Hitchcock, I got to say, and I know this sounds like a stock answer, but Vertigo. Yeah, and uh, uh, growing, yeah, and me growing up in San Francisco, that means a lot. So. Oh, well, well, that means a lot because my favorite, my favorite city in the world of the fucking world is San Francisco. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I fell in love with San Francisco through movies. I mean, there's so many movies that I've seen, you know, not to mention, uh, I still remember the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> That's right. Michael Douglas. And yeah. Carl Malden. That's right. Uh, but, you know, it's just, to me, the most photogenic city. It is. It's, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, and in, uh, the great Bill Wang, uh, from the Kiss 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 Hard Rock page and yep. multiple uh, episodes of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. I'm so lucky that I can go out there anytime and stay with him. And and he always laughs because we walk around the streets and I'm just like, oh my God, look at the architecture. Look yeah. At, look at this, you know. I got to smoke a joint on the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> it was amazing, you know. Yeah. And that's the funny thing about California. Because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm coming from New Orleans where you can walk around with a drink at any time and mm-hmm. no and nobody bats an eye. I'm walking around with with booze in San Francisco and people are looking at me like I got the fucking plague. <laughs> well, sm- don't light up a don't light up a cigarette, you'll get you'll get thrown right, over the bridge. Right. So. <laughs> but uh, but I smoked a joint on the Golden Gate Bridge and I was like, "Okay, as you were." Yeah. That's how, right. How, how you doing? Never mind. You know, I was like, "What <laughs> the fuck?" You know, but it was awesome. but no, seriously. What, the most beautiful town I've ever been to, and if I like, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would move to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just there's just something about, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I've been drawn to that city since I was a small child, and I'm straight. Believe <laughs> it or not, you know, I there's like, something for everyone here. Yeah, I like the boobies, but I love Chinese food, and, and I'm a big fan of bridges. Yeah. Know? Well, actually, come a teaser. We're going to do an episode just based on our favorite San Francisco movies, our favorite New York movies, and our favorite Chicago movies. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. coming up. Oh, yeah, and and coming from a kid who grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, yeah, God, I would love both of those. And and I love Chicago too. But but to me, San Francisco just amazing by the beauty and and everything that your city has to offer. And yeah, I, I think you're very lucky to live there. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's beyond expensive, but you kind of get what you pay for, I guess. No, <laughs> so. no, I get no. Like, like my my thing. Like, if I won the lottery, yeah, I want to go to Pacific Heights. Yeah, that, that's yeah. like my dream. Like, go to Pacific Heights, but that shit's never gonna happen. So I watch <laughs> movies like Pacific Heights. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I was like, Michael oh, Keith. isn't that great? But look at the scenery. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You know. All right, but yeah. All right, uh, let's but, get but, into but Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, you know, before, Vertigo. Before we move on, I just got to say about Vertigo. I mean, sure. I mean, what a great story, so beautifully shot, and uh, and that was an era when color movies meant color movies. Yeah, technically. You know what I mean? Like, like everything popped out, like every mm-hmm. scene, every little nuance just jumped off the screen, and, and and it's a great story, you know. And fucking, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak. I mean, just, yeah. 
just a uh, great storytelling. I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing about Re- Rear Window is an amazing movie. Psycho is an sure. amazing movie. Uh, the birds, you know, the birds. Yeah, all those. You know, uh, Torn to Curtain, uh, Rope. I mean, North by I, Northwest. Yes, North by Northwest. I mean, I mean, amazing movies. He was a master of suspense. But there's just something about Vertigo that is, uh, I, don't, I, I don't. People who love movies, you just get it because yeah. everything is in it. I mean, every from the acting to you know the cinematography, the direction, the writing, everything. And it was one of those. I remember. I think it was the summer of '84. They they did some re-releases of Alfred Hitchcock. And I went with my grandfather to the theater, and I saw Rear Window and Vertigo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, and it was hard. When I was younger, I didn't like older movies that much. Like, if mm-hmm. if I knew something was older than me, I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. there's something wrong, you know. Oh, if it was black and white, forget about it. I didn't want yeah. to see it, you know. Um, but I remember going to the Meadowview Theater and seeing both of those movies and just like, Wow, this is great storytelling. This is yeah, you're just drawn in, and especially yeah. Rear Window. I mean, it takes you would think it would be boring because it takes place literally in one room, one set. But yeah. you're you're captivated the whole movie, right? Well, well, another one. Uh, my girlfriend turned me on to a movie Rope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Same w- thing, w- which is another great one with Jimmy Stewart, and it's one of those you know based on a play, yep. and you you get that feeling. Uh, you know, uh, another movie I loved growing up based on a play uh, was Death Trap. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that with? Uh, I have. I've Mike, heard about it. Michael Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those. It's based on a play. It's very, you know, as far as a film goes, it's what you would call claustrophobic because it all takes place uh-huh. in one era. But when the writing and the acting and all that is so good, uh, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's a prime example. But uh, that, that's my that's my long answer to Alfred Hitchcock. But it's true with Vertigo. I mean, it's a type of movie that that requires repeat viewing because you're gonna you're gonna miss stuff and and then you're gonna really it's gonna open your eyes when you watch it again and again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I've got it on Blu-ray. I recommend awesome. it to anybody. I mean, seriously, that's one of those movies. Check it out, regardless of what you're into. I mean, if you just appreciate good cinema, yeah. I mean, it's a classic. It is. All right, what is your favorite movie soundtrack? All right, now this, man, this is a hard one. This is a hard one, because I can think of, like, a lot of movies that uh, that I love, you know. I, I used to buy a lot of soundtracks when I was growing up. I bought uh-huh. a lot of movie soundtracks, and most of them sucked, you know, you know, for the most part. <laughs> there, there'd be, like, one or two songs you like, but most of them sucked. Um, but uh, here's one, I, I, and I know it's a weird answer, but... I used to play this on cassette over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that was the soundtrack to American Graffiti. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. I had the same thing. And it was super long because it had like yeah. pretty much every song, oh, classic yeah. old-time and, rock and roll. And they also, they, there, were, there was two cassettes. There was two versions. There was American Graffiti. And, and more. More American Graffiti. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those that's like, I just love rock and roll. You know, mm-hmm. and and that is rock and roll at its birth and everything. But uh, and it's great having like the interludes with Wolfman Jack, oh, who yeah. had the ultimate radio voice. Oh yeah, and it's one of those things that stuck out to me because, you know, at the time when I bought the soundtrack to American Graffiti, 
we're talking 84 so that's yeah. the, that's the era of you know born in the usa you know purple rain you, yep. you know all this madonna shit. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I, i'm listening to all that shit too but my dad had me watch fucking american graffiti and mm-hmm. uh and i was just blown away i love the movie and i love the music so i went and got the soundtrack and and to me it was no weirder listening to that than it was what was contemporary on the radio stations that's right and i mean it's just that's music that stands the test of time um a movie that stands the test of time definitely Um, but you know i also remember my dad had it on vinyl i remember being a little kid looking through there and you see the car hop on the on the cover you know and the colors are brighter than bright and uh you know it's just it's one of those things like you know, we, we couldn't be where we are today without what came before. And, the, and yes. that, that is the forefront of rock and roll. And and, and it's a great, great fucking movie. That, With that, a lot of people who became stars later, like a lot of Ur, like Harrison oh, Ford yeah, and Richard Dreyfus. And uh, uh, what's the chick from uh, fucking Three's Company? Uh, oh, oh, yes. Chrissy. Um, yeah. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, Suzanne Summers. No, you're you're yeah. right. Mackenzie Phillips was in it. She was right. the, She was the little girl in it. But yeah, Suzanne. Summers. She was in the car too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Suzanne Summers is the one I was thinking of. But uh, yes. I, mean, I mean, oh my God, Richard Dreyfuss and Ron Howard and uh, yep. uh, Charles Martin Smith. Who? Oh, he's great. Who not only is amazing in that movie as Frog, but yep. directed one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Trick or Treat. That's right. <laughs> even though he likes to ignore that movie. Uh, but oh my god him as frog is like the greatest uh y- you know like uh you know the the nerd teen you know the mm-hmm. you know the out of step kid he played it perfectly you yes know? and it's a it's a great movie and it's a great soundtrack and i think it's something that people of all ages can appreciate if you just like good music you're going to love that soundtrack because it's stuff that's stood the test of time. So Absolutely. And uh, going back to the Northern California uh, connection, it, it was uh, based in Modesto because that's where George Lucas grew up. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Cindy Williams was also in there. Yes, so. Cindy there Williams. Yeah, Laverne yeah. Shirley. Yeah, great, great cast. All right. This, we kind of talked about this one on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast on the Armored Saint episode. But what is your favorite gangster or mafia movie? Besides The Godfather, of course. Yeah, I know. And see, that, that that's the thing is, is you know, Godfather 1 and 2 are the standard that yeah. all, all gangster movies are set by. And, and rightfully so. I mean, you can't get mad at somebody when they say that's their favorite gangster movie. No, of course not. Because, God damn, I mean, that's like, it, it, it's like modern era Shakespeare. It's that yeah. perfect. It's the gold um, standard. You know, but, I, I mean, there's also... Again, I'm going to give a stock answers, but it's going to be, uh, you know, stuff like uh, Scarface, uh, okay. Casino, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a very big proponent of Casino, which yeah. I, I don't think gets the same respect as, as Goodfellas, uh, you know, and, and some other movies, but I think it deserves it. But there's just something. Oh, I agree. There, there's something, you know, of course, everybody loves, you know, Marty Scorsese, you know. You know? <laughs> I mean, the guy can do no wrong unless you watch Kadun. Yeah, or the Silence or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Um, yeah, I got big hopes for the Irishman. I hope it's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean that that's that, that's kind of a rough question, uh, you know. And even if you kind of want to go gangster movies, 
not necessarily mafia, but Reservoir Dogs. Sure. You know, is in my mind uh, a perfect movie, a gangster movie. I mean, they're all hoods, they're all bad guys, but fuck, what do I know? I even like mobsters with fucking Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Because, uh, yeah, Gleam yeah. the Cube or whatever. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gleam the Cube. Oh, God, you're pushing it now. <laughs> fuck it, I love New Jack City. You know, I love shit like yeah. that. I love a lot of black exploitation. I love black exploitation. Yo, of one course. One of my favorite genres. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. It, it, it's a hard question to ask because how do you beat, uh, you know, Father One and Two? Yeah, I mean that that's the epitome of movie making, of movie acting. Uh, you know, to to me, uh, you know, the seventies were the last bastion of real Hollywood. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I mean, there's stuff that you know that's come out from the eighties on that I love, of course be it my age or just that I don't ask that much. Uh, but to me, this, the, the 70s was the end of old Hollywood. And yeah. It, and it went out with a bang. It went out with it a did. fucking bang. You know, the greatest, you know, that, that's one thing. Ralph and I argue on a lot musically on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page. Yes. But, uh, you know, one thing we agree on is the 70s. Was, I mean, that was movie making at its finest. And that's what uh, eventually I'm going to have both you and Ralph on to do just like a certain era of time that that Ralph really enjoys. And I believe it's from like 1975 to 1978 or something like that. And oh, that would uh, be amazing. We'll just talk about we'll just pick a bunch of movies from that era and then we'll just go through them. That'd be so much fun. Because if you go through the Academy Awards for the best pictures in, in 1970, you have Patton, The French Connection, The Godfather 1 and 2, The Sting, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Rocky, Annie Hall, The Deer Hunter, and then Kramer vs. Kramer. I mean, right. it's a, it's it's a wealth of riches that era. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and and think about it. Like nowadays, you can look at stuff that got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and, and you're like, really? And it really pissed me off. Was it like three or four years now that now there's like 57 pictures nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, it's true. I hate that. No, bitch. There's five. There's yeah. five. Who did this shit? Either you get in the five or you don't. But if you look at any of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture throughout the 70s, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's some of the best cinema ever. Like, I always, you know, Ralph and I always argue because he's like, oh, he loves Rocky. Hey, I love, yeah. I love Rocky, too. But I'm sorry, fuck you, Network should have gotten Best Picture. That's and just, Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's just me, but I mean... You know, I mean, you look at all those, they're all so solid. And I just hate this whole new era. And I'm a fucking liberal, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, I hate this whole, everybody gets a trophy. Right. Everybody participate. No, fuck you. You're either in the top five or you're not. That's right. And, and to me, the Oscars mean something. I've never, I never miss the Oscars. I don't watch the Tonys, people. I right. watch the Oscars, <laughs> you know, because it means something to me. I mean, because movies mean so much to me, and that's why I love this. But the funny thing is, not only good movies mean something to me, bad movies mean a lot to me, too, but bad in a good way. I don't mean bad like, a, you know, Michael Bay bad. Right. You know, You're talking about so bad it's good, you know, right. type of thing. You, you know, like like bad movies to me is like anything Michael Bay touches. Right. You know, but good bad movies is anything Lloyd Kaufman touches. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's right. And I think that shit's just important as as anything Sidney Lumet did. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? There's, yeah. There's a place for everything. 
you know and and absolutely I, and I and I love it and it is it, it it's a passion I mean these things enhance our life the same way good novels enhance your life the same way good, that's right good music enhances your life mm-hmm. I, I mean just, movies take you someplace that it, it's just I can't explain enough like I could sit here the rest of my days and just as long as I watch one good movie or one so bad movie it's good yeah you know the rest of my life I'd be happy well, speaking of good and bad and all those sorts of things, let's get into what is what are some of your favorite guilty pleasure movies? The ones that you're, you know, you uh, you might feel a little bit embarrassed about telling people about, but fuck it, you like it anyway. Oh God, I I'll tell you that could be a whole like ten hour episode. Of, oh yeah, of itself. Uh, but one I gotta admit, and it happens to be my girlfriend's favorite movie, Grease Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of people have mentioned they like that more than uh, the, actual, the the original Grease. I, I I wouldn't say that, but there's something about Grease too. But you know, I, I I'm from a very special era that a lot of people relate to, and that's kids who had HBO in the eighties. Yeah. You know, in the early eighties, and it's one of those things that you just saw all the time. You knew Grease too. You knew Fraggle Rock. You know, you know. The shit. Legend of Billy Jean, yeah. yeah. Oh, Legend of Billy Jean. What, dude? I got that on fucking Blu-ray. Are you kidding me? Uh, I just, me too. My lady loved. I bought her a Legend of Billy Jean T-shirt. We nice. just went and saw Pat Benatar, and she played the goddamn theme song. Was, she hates the movie, but <laughs> oh, she does. Yeah, she she usually badmouths it, but she always plays the song. Unfortunately, uh, but that's a great ah, song too. Ah, yeah. Oh yeah. Invincible. Oh, oh, great. oh my God. It, great song. Le- Legend of Billy Jean. I saw it at the theater in 1985. I saw it at the drive-in. Yeah. You know, you know, it's one of those memories, you know, it's sitting there eating a fucking tombstone pizza, watching the Legend of Billy Jean and going like, wow, this Christian Slater's never going to make it. You know? <laughs> but boy, was I wrong. But, well, not uh, to mention Yeardley Smith. She ended up becoming oh, yes. very popular with The Simpsons. So. Oh, yeah, and she was also awesome in uh, fucking Maximum Overdrive. Too. That's right. Which Good I call. saw at the drive-in as well. Amazing soundtrack, ACDC. Oh, ACDC. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was one of the things that really, I mean, shit, you, you want to talk about uh, movie change your life. I mean, that turned me on to ACDC. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that was the same year I was getting into to, you know hard rock. Yeah, you know, 86, with, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, and I was just like, oh, wow. And I remember seeing that. And that's one of those movies that gets so much hate. And I don't yeah. get it because I think Maximum Overdrive fucking rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's funny. The, you know, there, there's scares. There's a good story. There's great music. You got fucking Pat Hingle, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, a great character actor. You know, and that's something, you know, that we both know and love as character actors. Yes. Pat, Pat Hingle was a great character actor. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. my favorite. That's going to come up later. <laughs> that's right. We do have that question. Oh, well, another oh thing, yeah. Yeah. And you had mentioned, you know, HBO, but that's a, that's the greatest thing about the 80s was the, uh, you know, the invention of HBO, the VCR becoming somewhat affordable for people to have. I mean, that's where... I think movie viewing got even better because you could just watch a movie over and over again and, oh, and yeah. love a movie. Whereas before, if you if you didn't see it in the theater, 
And it didn't appear, you know, randomly on television. You were never going to see that movie again. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, once a VCR came, that all, oh, you know, yeah. you really got to love movies uh, over was, and over again. When I was real little, you know, it was like the ABC Sunday night movie. Yeah, exactly. You, you know? uh, but then when HBO came along and my grandparents got HBO, that was like, it opened up a whole new world. But back oh, then, yeah. but back then, I mean, realistically, you had like maybe 20 movies. A yeah. month that were showed over and over so you know you know you watch a lot of shit more than once and i remember before we even had vhs i used to have a laser disc player oh yeah that we had the, the one where you would stick it in and then you had to flip yeah. it over that's like a giant record <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget this i fucked it up once oh uh, no i had rented jaws 2 and truck stop women yeah, that's a real movie. Look it up. Look it up. Cinemax uh, type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a Cinemax type of movie. Yeah. But uh, but I had tried to stick Truck Stop Women in before I pulled out Jaws 2. Oh, the, no. And the thing got jammed and we had to take it back to the fucking place we rented it from. But <laughs> shit, I remember renting a VHS player on the weekends because it wasn't affordable to buy one. That's right. But we would rent one on the weekends. You were allowed yeah. to do that. And 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 I would always rent the same three movies. It was Jaws, Grease, and Psycho. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Those were like the three movies like, yeah, I'm renting, and then my dad would get whatever, you know. But that's the thing we did before we could afford to buy one. And shit, I remember having a Betamax yeah. that had a remote control that we had to plug it in. It wasn't like a... Yeah, yeah, the, the wire. wire. Yeah, yeah, it had a wire. And I remember one time the dog ran across the fucking room, fucked up the cord so we had to fucking flanagle it with a toothpick, <laughs> you know, to get the thing to work so we could work the fucking half-ass remote control. I mean, yeah, you know, white kids today don't know the struggle. You know? Oh, getting up to change this channel if your remote oh. was broken, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> having to change it to UHF to watch. That's that. right. To watch kung fu movies and <laughs> scary movies on a Saturday. That shit's on UHF, you know? That's right. I, you know, I've told this story on on the podcast, but, uh, you know, the, the only reason we got our VCR, I think it was back in 1984, so my dad got a hot streak in Reno, and I think he won like 800 bucks or something like that, and, and he used that to basically buy our VCR, and that, it was the greatest thing ever when he won, we still talk about that, so, Yeah. All right, so let's go into movies where you would change the ending and then movies where your favorite endings. All right, well, th this was a hard one. I remember looking at this one. I'm like, hmm, hmm. What movies would I change the ending to? Yeah, and... but you love it up to that up to that ending point. Right, right. Um, man, and, and that's a tough one. And I would have to say, you know, th this is going to be a horrible answer, but I would say any movie that ends with a happy ending. <laughs> usually and, and I, I don't mean that like like i'm a negative nancy motherfucker but uh i just love movies with downbeat endings okay it and, seems more real yeah not that i'm negative but there's just something that's more real life more like you know not everything gets wrapped up in a bow not everything yeah. ends you know like you want it to uh you know a prime example is i love i i mean not only is it a fantastic movie but the bad news bears, the bad, yeah. the bad news bears don't win, but no, they, but they do because they're the bad news bears. But you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, you know, a lot of times 
the 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 nerd the underachiever doesn't get what he wants but life goes on obladi oblada motherfucker that's right and and they shouldn't have won because that wouldn't have been what they were all about it was better that they got their second place right. place trophy and tanner told yeah. them to go fuck themselves and threw the, you know the, the trophy you know yeah, yeah that's right i, I mean that yeah. that that to me is a prime example another great one is rocky the of course first, the, the first even though i prefer rocky 2 yeah, I I love Rocky one because Rocky doesn't win, but yeah, that's fucking real life, you, you, you know. And to me, that's what makes you know great storytelling, great move, you know, movies is something that like is relatable. Mm-hmm. Not everything is a Disney ending, right? Uh, you know, um, so it's kind of hard. I mean, there's so many. The list is endless of movies I would change. Okay. And, and not that I need everything to be, um, you know, miserable, but not everything gets a, gets a neat bow, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I love about, oh my God, this last season of uh, Twin Peaks. Okay. Absolutely loved. I mean, I'll, some of the best fucking filming ever, acting, everything was amazing. I have like six bazillion questions. <laughs> but that's okay. They don't need to be answered. No, the ambiguous is good. Yes, ambiguous is good. You don't know everything in life. Mm-hmm. You, there's a lot of stuff you never get an answer to. To me, it makes it more real and more relatable. It's like I don't know. You know. You know. Some yeah. shit is never fucking explained. That's right. And you can and you come up with it. You can come up with the answer in your own mind, and that's fine. You can go yeah. any way, which way you want, and that's good. Yeah, and, you know, and other people come up with stuff like, okay, if that helps you sleep at night, great. You know, and and, and some people come up with stuff. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> and and sometimes I'm more than willing to go to bed, going, I don't know. Well, okay. that's why the the but ending. That's okay, to, you know. Did you ever see uh, the movie Sideways with Paul Giamatti? Uh, no, I've never seen it. I know a lot about it, but I've never... And I love Paul Giamatti. I love the dude uh, who directed it. I can't remember his name. No, I haven't seen it yet. But you you might like that movie because the ending. The ending, you don't know what happens. And and it's my, one of my dad's favorite endings because he likes those ambiguous endings as well. So you might you might want to check out that one. Okay, I, I mean, I know, a, I know a lot of people who love it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just never saw it and... Uh, uh, there's a lot of great movies that people love that I've never seen, and mm-hmm. I, and I've also seen a lot of shitty movies that nobody should ever see. But. <laughs> That's okay too. And yeah. then what what are what are some of your favorite endings? Uh, okay, my, one of my favorite endings of all time, and and uh, me and my old lady agree on this. One of our favorite movies, but a lot of people find disturbing is The Mist. Oh, okay. Have you seen that? No, I I have heard about it, but oh, I haven't seen it. Oh my god. It is so good. It is it is so good. Frank Durmbont, who did uh Shawshank Redemption, uh, he did And that's the, one of my favorite endings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. He he did The Mist, he did The Green okay. Mile. Uh he started he he did the first season of The Walking Dead. Uh okay. but, you know, he's he's done a lot of Stephen King. But he came up with his own ending for The Mist that wasn't it wasn't Stephen King's idea, but even Stephen King said, "Like, holy shit! Like, I couldn't have written this. Like, this is like the best ending ever." Okay. And I, I don't want to spoil it because you haven't seen it because it's something I think that people should uh, 
should enjoy not yeah you know enjoy is a strong word because it's a very it's a very downbeat ending but to me it's just powerful you Mm -hmm. know it's one of those things like i love when you've watched a movie and and it stays with you after it's over yeah you know you reflect on like oh you think about her like oh my god and to me the the mist not only is a great like sci-fi horror movie I mean, like, like that whole part of it is great, thoroughly entertaining, a great popcorn movie with good mm-hmm. scares and stuff like that. But there's an ending that is so, like, holy fucking shit, you know, <laughs> but it just adds to the power of the movie, and that's what stuck with me. And what I would also recommend mm-hmm. is if, if uh, you've never seen it, get the deluxe Blu-ray copy. Okay. Because they have it not only in color, but black and white. Really? Oh, and it is amazing. And this is one of those movies has some amazing effects, mm-hmm. but they translate into black and white. I mean, it looks yeah. great in color, don't get me wrong, but there's just something about the story because it's kind of an old-fashioned ghost story. Right. You know, and, and, and a creepy movie that when you watch it in black and white, it's like, oh, my God, it's so good. So I'm looking it up now, and there, there's a new. Is there a new uh, TV series about it? Yeah, yeah. That that okay. that, that shit was horrible. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, so don't horrible. see that. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it got canceled after one season. No surprise. Okay. No seriously. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. Okay, but, but no. Uh, check it out. You can order it on Amazon. Get get the uh, cool. the deluxe edition that has it in in black and white as well. But it it has an ending. Like I said, I wish you knew it so we could talk about it. But yeah. It's one of those things. It's so good. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. But okay. Uh, but it, it it's like wow. But it makes the movie a thousand times more powerful. But I know a lot of people that love like they love Michael Bay movies. Like that's mm-hmm. their favorite type of shit. And they saw <laughs> this and like, oh my god, how could I watch such a thing? You know, like <laughs> eat a dick. You, know, you <laughs> fucking pansies. Oh god. Okay, so now we're going to move on to sequels, and this is a three-part question. So what is your favorite sequel? Which movie do you think you wish had a sequel? And then which movies do you wish had never had a sequel? Hmm. Okay. Uh, Favorite sequel of all time? Duh. I know this is an entertaining answer, but Godfather 2. Sure. Greatest sequel of all time. Okay. Uh, second part is should have had a sequel. Yeah. Uh, and this is one I, I touched upon when you were on the Rocket Metal Combat podcast. Mm-hmm. I love Trick or Treat. Yeah, yeah. By no means a great movie, but it, it's just a movie that means a lot to me, you know, because of when it came out. You know, I was 12 years old. Me and my dad went and saw it on a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget. We went to the Metaview Theater. Saw it on a Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, he took me to the local record store right after we got out to buy the soundtrack, which was all done by Fastway. Yep. And 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 uh, Charles Martin Smith, who played Toad in American Graffiti, directed it. Yep. Uh, just uh, a great movie that I watch every fucking Halloween. And I, I, I thought they really could have done, you know... Uh, you know, think of all the shitty movies. You know, you know, nine seven six evil got a fucking sequel. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but goddamn, you know, trick or treat didn't get one. You know, and then I heard, I heard that there there was one in the works. Uh huh. And and this is this is so horrible. 
uh, that WWE Pictures oh, no. was making it. Yes. So that tells you all you need to know now. So, oh, yeah. John Cena and <laughs> Sammy Kerr. You know, I was like, oh, no. You know, and unfortunately, unfortunately the, guy, the guy who played Sammy Kerr died a long time ago from AIDS. But Yeah. Um, uh, and, and Blackie Lawless uh, was supposed to play the character as well as Gene Simmons. Right, and right. They, and they both turned it down. But that's just one of those, it's just so special to me. Like, like I don't know, really. I, I don't know where you could have taken a sequel, but it's one of those movies that I just love so much. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, I want more of this. And, and fans of, of heavy metal and, and hard rock will, will appreciate that. You know, Ozzy Osbourne's in it. Gene Simmons, you know, is in it for a little bit. So uh, that's always, you know, kind of cool to see. Right. Okay, and the last part is something that shouldn't have had a sequel. Yeah, they should have just left it alone. Like, for and, mine, it was like the Blues Brothers. Oh, well, oh, my God. That, that, that's an amazing answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> amazing answer. Another great one would be Caddyshack. Yep. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Jackie Mason. Uh, yeah, horrible. Um, and I love Jackie Mason. I love, yeah. I love Jackie Mason. Great but, comedian. Uh, but, uh, but what a horrible movie. Yes. Uh, and, and you brought up two great examples. And, and once again, I think I said this last time when you were on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast pitch. I yep. re- I refuse to watch Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I can't critique, but I'm just like, no. No John Belushi, no fucking Blues Brothers. Yeah, and uh, they did, the, they bring in a little kid, and I love John Goodman, but no, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, and, th- and that to me is like like one of the most primordial sins in cinema history. Yeah. Never bring in a fucking kid. Every That's time right. you bring in a fucking kid, it fucking sucks. And I, I want to shove this up the fucking ass of everybody who says, oh, Terminator 2 is the best. Fuck you. Terminator 1 is way better because A, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the enemy. He is the bad fucking guy. And two, right. fuck you, Edward Furlong. You never bring in a fucking child. Child, children fuck everything up. Ask any marriage. Ask, you, you know, have you ever been having hot sex and a child walks in? It fucks everything up. You know, dad, shut up. Oh, this sucks. I was just about ready to come. Kids fuck everything up. Just ask uh, when they brought in another kid for the Brady Bunch, you know? Yeah, you ask Cousin Oliver. Jesus That's Christ, right, married yeah. with children. Fucks everything up. Oh, yeah, what was the kid on the seven? On, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, no, kids fuck everything up. They were, they, they, I was jumping the shark before jumping the shark. Yep. It's like crazy. Scooby, even Scooby-Doo. Scrappy-Doo, oh, yeah. God. Oh, but I don't know who I want to kill more, Sammy Hagar or Scrappy Doo. <laughs> they can uh, scrap it out. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy Hagar is a musical equivalent of Scrappy Doo. <laughs> do, do you remember as a child how great like old Scooby Doo mysteries were? Oh, of course, they were oh, brilliant. It was some of the best. I'm watching the other night with my old lady. I'm like 47 yeah. years old. I'm watching. I was like, ooh, I love this. And it would have been great if it wasn't for you, damn meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you add fucking Scrappy Doo to it, it's like it oh, kills it. Oh my god, yeah. So and I loved all the guest stars. They'd have like Don Knotts or the, or the oh, Harlem yeah, Glo- Globetrotters. Yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters, fucking the Adams family. And yeah, like Batman that. and Robin. Yeah, yeah, good oh, stuff. God, yeah. All right, so 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 the, to answer my question, um, and this is kind of a weird answer because this is what shouldn't have a sequel. Yeah, and I even like 
the first and well, I guess if you're looking at the trilogy, I like the second and fourth movie, but mm -hmm. I th I think this series never should have had a sequel, and I'm gonna go with First Blood. Ah, that you know what you're you're right you're right they should have just left it as it was that, after that first one. was to me one of Stallone's finest hours. Absolutely. And, and hey, I even like fucking Rhinestone. Yeah, uh, I but, do too. That's my favorite Guilty Pleasure movie. <laughs> oh, I love Rhinestone. I love yeah. Tim Thomerson, one of my favorite character actors. Oh, so good. And then the, the guy in the beginning who sings the song where he kind of acts like the tough guy and then oh, devolves. Yeah. Ron, Ron, oh. Ron Lieberman. Yes. Oh, yes. the funniest song ever. Oh, I'm yeah. going to splice it in after after we're talking. So. Oh, yeah. Let's give a very warm. Randstone reception to the incredible, real cowboy, the effervescent, the intoxicated, Mr. Elgar Randstone. Yo, what? Hey, it's bad job. Send him back to the job. Shut up. You blow that thing one more time, son. You're gonna be eating it for a midnight snack. You understand me? This guy's serious. How serious can he be? He's got a duck on his shirt. <laughs> this is a song I wrote for my baby. Well, I left my home when I was 22 But I never did find my time or place It's just the kind of thing a man has to do With a scar on his soul Like the one on his face In the emptiness inside From the day my baby died I coached him myself He'll finish, you wait it was a Sunday, June morning, and the sun broke high. I had a smile on my face, and I knew just why. Didn't hear no warning, didn't fear no storm. I knew for sure on that very morn that girl was gonna be my bride. It was the day my baby died. This girl's great. Keep it down. In a long white gown and a bridal bouquet How I begged her not to plow the fields that day Oh, her beauty never stops She failed a duty to her crops Duty? Duty She to jumped in the old John Deere And she drove away Hey, hey Baby, don't you worry, this will only take a minute But the wheels caught her gown and dragged her down in it Imagine my surprise when I looked her in the eyes Oh my God, I couldn't believe it The tractor cut her down south Oh, how the hands of faith they cracked her Neath the wheels of her daddy's tractor there was blood on the corn and brains on the head. <laughs> and I ran as fast as I could, but all I found was chunks of my sweetie smeared all around, big honks of my darling on the cold, cold ground. Oh, yeah. 
just really happened to my Loretta. But no, I got to say, like, uh, First Blood, again, a movie I saw in the theaters when I was eight years old. Yeah, I think it came on. Oh, wow. <laughs> eight years old. And I was just like, wow, what a fucking movie. And I ain't going to lie, yeah. dude. I, I saw all those sequels in the theater. Well, except for the last one, the one that was just Rambo. I yeah, waited, yeah. I waited for that one to come out, but I liked it. Yeah, it was super gory. <laughs> yeah, well, it was way better than Rambo 3. Oh, that's know? true. And and Rambo 2 is horrible, mm-hmm. but I still love it. it, it that, yeah. That's one of those so bad it's good. That's but, right. But I honestly think, like, First Blood, I, I mean, oh, my God, is that a good movie? Yeah. I mean, I you're mean, Richard Crenna uh, and Richard Brian Crenna. Dennehy. Oh, and Brian Dennehy is another one of my favorite actors. I love Character Brian actor. Dennehy. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. At, not my favorite. That's coming no. up later. <laughs> That's but, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I love Brian Dennehy. And yeah, Richard Crenna was great in that. It was, I mean, just it was a really good movie. Yeah, uh, that that you you just should have left. I, I I think it would be looked on uh, more fondly, and I think it would get more respect. Agreed. If there yep. wasn't all the other sequels, because you know those became kind of like a uh, you know uh, almost pro Reagan propaganda, you, you mm-hmm. know, kind of bullshit Chuck Norris kind of movies. Yeah, it was like it was, it was you know uh, self parody at that point. Yeah, so. yeah, but the, but the first one is just. To me, a great storytelling. You know? Oh, it's perfect. I mean, it really gets into, um, you know, how the veterans were just, uh, you know, it was sinful what happened to them after they oh, fight yeah. for their country, you know, and then come home and they came and walked through a small town, you know. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, great, great, great pick. All right. What is your favorite holiday movie? All right. Favorite holiday movie. Um, this one, I, again, I know this is going to seem like a stock answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a sincere answer, and that has to be Christmas Story. Mine too, absolutely. And, you uh, can't. Yeah. And, and this is brilliant. I'll, I'll never forget. I saw this and Amityville 3D oh. the, the same day. The okay. same day, me and my father, we went and saw the first showing of Christmas Story on a Sunday in November. Wow. Um, I, I mean, look look this up because you know I can't make this shit up. It came out in November. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. So we saw the first showing that day on a Sunday, which was probably around noon. Went home, got something to eat, and we went back that night and saw Amityville 3D. Nice. Which was horrible. I mean, horrible. <laughs> uh, really. But I'm surprised you saw a Christmas Story in the theater because it really didn't take off till later, like, you know, through video rental. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was at that age. When, when, when a Christmas Story came out, I was nine years old. I mean, I was... was perfect. You're, you, you know, I was Ralphie. That's right. You know, and it's one of those, and it's it's so funny. Uh, my girlfriend refuses to watch Christmas Story because she's why never, she's never seen it, and it's one of those things oh. where, like, she takes pride. Like, I've made it this many years, and I've never seen it, but everybody <laughs> says I have to, so I'm like the rebel, and I'm kind of that way with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, okay, not that I'm protesting it. Like, at, at some point, I'll see It's a Wonderful Life, but. I'm going to be honest. I've made it 43 years. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Right. 
And I'm, I, you know, I'm the opposite of my old lady. I'm not like, you know, like I'm, I refuse to watch it. Just I've never got around to it. But A mm-hmm. Christmas Story is one of those. I mean, Jesus Christ! Uh, you know, another one of my favorite actors, Darren McGavin. Absolutely, Darren, he I mean, makes the movie. Oh yeah, you know, because I grew up with Night Stalker. I remember watching Night Stalker when I was yeah. a little kid. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Fred Geely. You know, yeah. and I, <laughs> well, I, that. I, Working with the bumpus hounds and just, oh, you know, yeah. this. And, it, oh. and it's one of those movies. It's awesome because it's a timepiece, you know. It is. That takes place in the 40s, but yet it's something I think any kid can relate to. You know, yeah. you know especially kids who grew up, uh, you know, in, in, in the Midwest or a, uh, a colder climate where you have snow and all the different shit. But I mean, yeah. even you, you know, grew up in California, you still get what it is to be a little kid and to have that one toy yeah. that will mean everything to you. I mean, I mean, what what can anybody understand about that? You know? Well, do you know who was supposed to play uh, the Darren McGavin character originally? That I did not know. Jack Nicholson. They really wanted him to play that character. And as much as I love Jack, you know, oh, it would have been God. about Jack, you know? Hey, you little shit, you're going to get a fucking baby <laughs> gun or you're not. You, you know, no, I couldn't imagine that, dude. It's, it's no, Gavin. No, I couldn't imagine that. That's horrible. No, but that's who they wanted. And, uh, and the only re- that's, that's like having a Stogetti on Baywatch, you know, playing <laughs> Pamela Anderson. No, it don't work. It don't work. I, I love you both, but no. Oh, no. But well, really, the only reason. That- yeah, the only reason the Christmas story was even made was because Bob Clark, the director, had uh, such great success with, with Porky's. Porky's. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. how this got made. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's amazing. It's the same guy who did Porky's. And Porky's is another, like, amazing movie. That's probably one that shouldn't have had sequels because... No, that's uh, a good point. You know, and, and I enjoy, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I love Porky's 2 and 3, but, I mean, it's nothing mm-hmm. like, you know, the original. But, yeah, it's so funny for Bob Clark to go from something like Porky's which another one I saw in the theaters, you know, yeah. I was like seven or eight, dude. And yeah. I, I saw that with my grandfather, fucking tits and all. And I loved oh, it. I, that I was mean, a right. That's a rite of passage oh, for any male. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I grew up in the era of fucking 80s sex comedies. Yeah. And I, I saw them all in the theaters. I was like that one kid where everybody else looked at my grandfather, like going, this is wrong. Yes. <laughs> you know, so he was to see "Lose It" and "Last American Virgin." Oh, oh, and all that. I, I I saw I saw "Lose It" in the theater. I saw "Last American Virgin." I saw "Private School." Oh yeah, you know I saw "Private Lessons." Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw all this shit in the theater, and uh, yeah, it's probably why I'm so fucked up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I saw all those. But uh, but yeah, good shit. All right, next. Movies you hate, but everyone else seems to love. Uh, well, well, first of all, I would say anything Michael Bay has touched. I, I, I no, we, we've, yeah, we've established yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't get any of these Transformers, that kind of shit. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would say a couple movies that hate is maybe a strong word, but maybe I didn't get as much as most people, and that would be uh, Office Space and Super Troopers. Really? Oh man! Yeah, and I'm not, and maybe I was in a wrong headspace at the time, but mm-hmm. or maybe it was also that those were two movies that were hyped up so much, like oh True. my god, oh mm-hmm. my god, you know. And then I watched, and I'm like, eh, eh. 
I think for office space, I mean, at least a lot of my friends, we, we do work in cubicles. We do have that kind of that that work environment so that it may, you know, resonate more more with with us. Maybe. I don't know. But um, Super Troopers is surprising because it's kind of like that that goofy just, you know, almost has an 80s feel to it in many yeah, ways. No, I, I, I get that. But again, it was one of those ones where like everybody came to me. And it, yeah. you know, you know, like anybody else, sometimes you change your mind on a movie. Maybe I sure. wasn't in the right headspace, or maybe I need to revisit because those are both two movies that I've only watched once. I've, okay, I've, I've never went back. Uh, you know, and I, there's plenty of movies I know and love that I didn't get at first. Uh, you, you know, but I mean, you asked the question, I'm going to answer sure. it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, th- those were ones I think maybe they were just too hyped. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know. But no, this is an airplane. You know, yeah. this is a Caddyshack. Right. This Naked is an guns. animal yeah. house. You know, yeah. uh, but people made it sound like that. So maybe I had too high of expectations. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the Broken Lizard movies that I love that most people hate was uh, Club Dread. Oh, yeah, yeah. That a lot yeah. of people hated. And that's one, uh, at the time it came out, well, I should say at the time it came out in video, I was dating a girl. Oh, uh, that was on whatever cable package she had. And it was okay. always on, so I ended up watching it like fifty-seven times. And I always, I'd come in at one point, you know, and the, you know, and then the next time, uh, you know, the movie'd be starting another point. So I like watched it like in fifty parts before I saw it all, you know, together. Right. But I enjoyed that one. But yeah, there's something about Super Troopers and uh, Office Space, you know, and and to a lesser extent, uh, Idiocracity. Uh, oh yeah, which yeah. I, I love now. But the first time I watched it, didn't like it at all. It's didn't got like it. electrolytes, man. Yeah, yeah, but now I love it. Now I love <laughs> yeah. it. So, I mean, those, those are movies I could very well change my mind on, but but those are ones that are you know everybody seems to love that I'm just not on board with. Not into. Okay. Right. Uh, movies that you feel are just too, too damn long. <sighs> Boy, this is a hard one. Um, I, I, I mean, because I, I don't have a problem with long movies. Okay. As long as they, uh, you know, keep my interest. Like The Godfather, it doesn't matter if it's yeah, over yeah. three hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't matter. I mean, I can sit there and I can watch it where they do the first two together. That's right. Or but Casino, it, yeah. Right, but it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, when you have me, you have me. Yeah. And, and, and something I love, it's the opposite. I don't want it to end. But, but a movie that's just too long... I, I don't know. This this is probably the roughest question you asked. I, I would say anything with Tyler Perry, <laughs> even though I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie. But I just imagine any one of those would be too long. I Hardest mean, working man in show business, man. He always come. He's like releasing five movies a year. Yeah, that's that's sad. That, that's what a sad what a sad state we're in. I know. But, uh, hey, you know, if you're gonna fuck Harvey Weinstein, you might as well get something out of it. <laughs> oh man, and everyone's coming out now, like between him and Kevin Spacey and. Oh, man. What a nightmare. I know, and I'm pissed because I fucked both Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein, and I've never even made it to basic cable. So, That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No payoff, no yeah, nothing. Yeah, no no payoff. It's just, you know, like, what am I doing? I, I, I guess I have to catch. I was pitching. You know, <laughs> you I, kept I, your I mouth guess, shut for I, nothing. Yeah, yeah, I guess you got to be a catcher. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be on House of Cards, uh, you know, when it's on Hulu. I don't know. There <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite quotable movie? Ooh, uh, quotable movie. Uh, I would have to go to uh, a movie that's in 
my top three of all time comedies, and that would be Airplane. Yeah, mine too. How can uh, you go wrong with that? Yeah, it's it's just one of those, and, and it, it, it's so funny because you know by today's standards, it's relatively a tame movie. Yeah, but it just shows you like when it's funny, it's funny. And I, I, I work with a guy who's uh, much younger than me, probably by almost 20 years. Okay. Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, you're really into movies? He goes, what do you think is a good comedy? He goes, I want to get into older movies. I don't watch any older movies. You know, and, and, and to, you know, to this guy, like, Transformers is an old movie. But uh, I'm like, Airplane, classic comedy. He watched it. He's like, I didn't get it. Wasn't funny. I'm like, are you oh. fucking kidding me? Like, you, you don't get this, you know? Because to me, that's something, it doesn't matter your age, your race, where you grew up, or anything. Like, that is just, like, a funny fucking movie. Um, and you have to watch it over and over again, because there's so many oh, jokes yeah. oh, that you're going to, yeah. Exactly. It just gets better and better with age, because yeah. every line is a fucking joke, because... So half the time while you're laughing, you're missing like two jokes because you're too busy laughing at the last one. And part of the reason that the, the younger guy might not get it is he I don't think he realizes the actors that are in it were serious actors before that, like Robert Stack and Wesley Nielsen right. and, and and people like that. And well, well, something that, that made it even, if you could imagine this, even more pleasurable for me mm-hmm. Is it was really a spoof of this phenomenon in the seventies, which was yes, was the airplane disaster movie, and I, I yeah. uh, last year I bought this collection on Blu-ray that is all the airplane movies, the airport, yeah, yeah, airport movies. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah like, like airport seventy-seven, airport, yeah, airport yeah. seventy-five, and airport yeah. underwater, and airport Concord, and all these, and I'm watching them, and it's. They're hilarious, but they are, you know, nonchalant. You know, they're not supposed to be, but it's so like overacted. And it's always, you know, people like Dean Martin and all these actors, you know, that are way past their prime. And they're yep. just, you know, uh, you know, Bing Crosby, maybe, or somebody, or, uh, well, who's the one guy in all of those movies? Uh, There's one actor that's uh, in all George, um, what the fuck's his name? George, uh, he was in... Uh, Naked Gun. Naked Gun, yeah. George Kennedy. That's right, yeah, that's George, right. George Kennedy, the great George Kennedy, was in Cool Hand Luke and a million yep. other movies. Charade. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. George Kennedy, great actor. Great yep. actor. Uh, another great character actor. Not my favorite! That's <laughs> We're getting up, there. That's coming up later. But <laughs> That's uh, right. But yeah, no. But but it even takes another tone. Like, when I watch those... They are enjoyable. I mean, it's bad, like almost like, you know, movie of the week melodrama. Yes. But there, there's a certain charm about it that it that is fun and entertaining. But then when you see that, you know, you like you really see where a lot of these jokes came from. But you don't even need to know that to get these jokes in airplane. I mean, it's just to me comedy at its best. And the you know, this is the same mind behind one of my other favorite comedies of all time, which is. Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, that, that's the first Zucker Brothers. That that oh, was the beginning yeah. of this. Oh, oh my man. God, I, I I love that. Two fists again. Yeah, the popcorn you're eating's been pissed in. Pissed in, yeah. News, News at eleven. 11 you know? <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla just jumps in in the middle, or you know, you have the yeah. random arrow shooting the guy, and like, yeah, it's just it's. A, it's this so record brilliant. comes equipped with a big Jim Slade. Oh God, if, if anybody listening to this has not seen. 
uh, Kentucky Fried movie. I mean, that's they don't make them like that anymore, kids. I mean, oh, not at all. I mean, it's basically like a bunch of Saturday Night Live skits for anyone that that hasn't seen it. And there was kind of a loose follow up that I love. You know, not just as much, but right behind it, Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, uh, yep. is is another great one by the same people. Uh, but I mean, just good comedy. Yeah, and, and you know, everybody loves comedy. You know, I mean, really. I mean, it I never mean, wins. It never wins the awards, but it. it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, don't, you don't win unless you're Woody Allen. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and I heard Woody Allen fucked Harvey Weinstein to, to get Best Picture for Annie Hall. Uh, I believe that. <laughs> you know, it happened a long time ago, but uh, yeah, but no, uh, no, no. To to me, comedy and horror are the most primordial uh, eras of cinema because either you get it or you don't. You know, right. so uh, so yeah, I, I don't even know what question we were on. We were on most quotable, but we're going to move on, and we're going to go to your favorite underdog movie. No retreat, no surrender. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do love that movie. That shit's horrible. I saw that in the theater. Yeah. How many of you can say that? Yes. I There's saw not many. <laughs> yeah. I saw No Retreat, No Surrender in the fucking theater. That's like saying I saw Iron Eagle in the theater. Which or I Iron did. Eagle too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that no, that that, that I ran. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. Um But uh I would say greatest underdog movie and again. This may seem like a stock answer, but uh, this movie is so important to me and I think should not be underestimated, uh, is The Bad News Bears. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I I love it because at the end they win, but they don't win. And everybody's an underachiever. uh, Yep. You know, and you have the genius, the fucking genius that is Walter Matthau. That's right. I, I mean, he is just incredible. But the kids... The kids in that movie are so good. Like, oh yeah, you know, nowadays you see kids in a movie and they act like kids and they're cutesy tootsie and all this shit. But the 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 you know the kids like Tanner and Ogilvy and oh yeah, Engelberg, you know, and uh, you know there was something about it. You know, there was something about it. And well, it was the seventies. It was grittier. You it, know, <laughs> yeah, it was. But you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like. But back then, it's like it's not like it wasn't taboo then either. Yeah, you know it was kind of weird. But at the same time, it was just like these are how kids talk. Yeah, whether, whether it's good or bad, this is how it is. You know, and, yeah. And hey, you know, there's alcoholic coaches for children's sports. Yeah. You know, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, well, the movie was ahead of its time too because your your best pitcher was a girl, and she was by far one of the best players on the team. Oh yeah, and oh my God, the great Tatum O'Neill, who another, and, uh, another yeah. movie that's incredible. If you've never seen this, Paper Moon. Yes, yes, oh, with uh, her dad. Yes, Peter Bogdanovich directed it. A yep. great, a great black and white movie. Uh, Paper Moon, love it. All right, what is your favorite romantic movie? My favorite romantic movie, which this is probably going to seem sort of weird because I get this a lot from somebody like, really? <laughs> uh, my favorite romance movie is Chasing Amy. That's a good one. It's an interesting one. So even in spite of Affleck. I, I love Ben Affleck. Uh, in, really? Okay. In, in, in Kevin Smith movies. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I think Kevin Smith knew how to use him, and I think Kevin Smith in Chasing Amy was an incredible actor. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he played the part perfect. Jason Lee was amazing. I love Jason Lee. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things, and, and you know, I, my lesbian friends, you know, they're like, yeah, this is like science fiction. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, think, I think there's a heart in that movie uh, that is undeniable. The comedy is undeniable. And mm-hmm. um, to me, it's a very romantic movie. And, and different. And again, yeah, it's not conventional. Nope. It doesn't end well. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's you know, true. You know, for said parties. But at the heart of the story is love. Mm-hmm. Be it whatever form or sexuality it is, it's it's a story about love between two people. And, uh, and, and told, in my opinion, in a very comical way, it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie of all time, and I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Uh, Even more than Mallrats. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mallrats? Okay. Sh- shit. I, I mean, I love Mallrats. Mallrats would probably be my fourth. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think I would take Clerks and, and you know, Clerks and Dogma over and Dogma, Mallrats. yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love Dogma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buddy Christ. Yeah, yeah, buddy Christ. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but no, I I love Mallrats. Don't get me wrong. Mallrats is great. Uh, okay. But to me, Chase and Amy is the epitome uh, of his filmmaking, and I think it's you know one of his most personal films, uh, and just absolutely love it. Every time I see it, uh, I get sad. I, yeah. It's like I'm happy, but I'm sad at the same time because I think it reminds. And, you know, it's one of those films very enjoyable, but at the same time, uh, if you've ever loved somebody, it's going to remind you of some failed romance, you know? Relationship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whether it was for the better or not, you know, it'll always remind you of something that ended wrong or something that left unended. But it, it's just a thoroughly entertaining movie. I mean, great, great banner, great fucking, uh, you know, writing for the movie. Big fan of Chase and Amy, my favorite mm-hmm. romance movie. And there's there's an example where if it had actually ended, you know, like a, a traditional storybook ending, you probably it wouldn't have resonated with you as much. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't have had that impact because then it would it, it would just seem forced. It would seem like yeah, too too Hollywood. Where yeah, you, you know, when you see an ending like that, you're like, well, this, you know, it just makes it real. You know, not like you yeah. know, real life is horrible, but you know what? It's not all fucking roses either. So. It's okay to make movies like that, you know? And I, I I think Hollywood's so scared of making movies like that, and it's a damn shame because not everybody needs that shit. Not everybody needs to be cuddled and, right. you know, told everything's going to be all right. It's, it's all right to have stuff that's not perfect mm-hmm. because it's realistic. That's right. You know? and, and, that, and that should be your goal as, as a filmmaker. Not only, I mean, first and foremost, to entertain. Yeah, well, of course. You should yeah. have something that's relatable. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially yeah. in 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 fucking rom coms, which <laughs> yes, you, you know, are are the equivalents of fucking journey songs. Yeah, you know, it's and, true. <laughs> and, and and I love Journey, but you know, you know, Frank Zappa had a great quote about you know, love songs have have ruined us as you know people because mm-hmm. like like you you know you listen to like a romantic song and you expect that's how everything's supposed to be, but it's not like that. No. That's not realistic, but teenage girls hear fucking a Journey song, and, and you know everybody has to be that guy. Not everybody's that guy, you know. Right. 
you know. Reality comes crashing down when they realize right, it. Right, right, and it's actually an Allison Chain song when that's you're all right. said and done because somebody's hooked on heroin that's and they right. die. You know. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite black and white movie? This is tough, but um, yeah. I tried to. I tried to pick things that where it felt like black and white was necessary for the film, you know, whatever it may be. That that, that was a very tough one. I mean, a very tough one. And I went through a lot of, uh, you know, not only black and white because it was uh, necessity. Right. Uh, you know, and then, and then there's other song, uh, other movies that were modern that were mm-hmm. black and white on purpose. Uh, right. Like Manhattan by Woody Allen. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would say my favorite black and white movie, and uh, I didn't write this down, I should have, but I think it was the 1939 uh, edition of uh, Tom Sawyer. Oh, okay. And it, it it's one of these movies that I saw on uh, CBS like at like 3 in the morning. Okay. On a weekend, you know, like before there was infomercials, kids. You know, there used to be, like, they would just show movies, you know. Either that or, like, you know, sometimes the channel would just end at midnight. They're like, Yeah, you get the test pattern. Right, yeah. Yeah. But this is one I saw, and I believe it's a 1930s edition. I could be wrong. Was Walter Brennan in it? Because I think there's one in 1938, so it's probably this one. But yeah, it's probably that one. I, I could be wrong. 30, whatever. I mean, nobody gives a fuck. Right. <laughs> Check the 30s. Yeah. It's, it's black and white, but it's Tom <laughs> Sawyer, kids. Yeah. Okay. Look up your Tom Sawyer. But it's one of those. It just really uh, caught my imagination as a kid, uh, because normally I wouldn't give something that old a chance at that age. Sure. But I'm watching it, and it's kids. You know what I mean? It, it, it's mm-hmm. people my age, and I'm watching it, and what a great story. You yeah. Know, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, Tom Sawyer and fucking, you know, Mark Twain. I mean, what a great author. Uh, it knew how to write, knew how to entertain, and I really thought it came across in the movie and just kept my interest at a time when it was real hard. Like, I remember my, you know, when my son was little, he, mm-hmm. would, he would not watch movies that were older than him, and I... Right. Even though it pissed me off, I understood it because I was the same way. Right. You know, like, oh, okay, give it a time, grow up, you'll get it. You know, but this is one of those that just stuck out at me. And uh, and and maybe not the best black and white movie, but when I think of like old school black and white movies, I'll never forget this. And, uh, you know, it opened up my mind to watching, you know, Stuff that I love now, stuff like fucking Citizen Kane or Double Indemnity or, right. you know, all these great, you know, black and white movies that I probably wouldn't watch if it wasn't for this Tom Sawyer movie. So. Right. And all the great film noir movies because based oh, on the shadows. Oh, and exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of those. I, you know, this, this was my gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. I picked a few ones that were kind of after black and white. You know, color was a standard. Uh, one is Young Frankenstein. I think you kind of had to make it in black and white because yeah. well, it, was, it was an homage. Still, I, th- I think it was a bold choice, though. I, th- I agree. I think it yeah. was a bold and it, it paid off in spades. But uh, but I think it was a very bold choice at that time. Yeah. And another one that a few of my guests picked was Elephant Man. Um, you know. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not an yeah. animal. That's right. <laughs> All right, what is the first rated R movie you remember seeing? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that would have to be, by default, that would have to be uh, Piranha. Okay. 
Yeah. Would, okay, let's do the one that you really remember that you went by choice to go see. Ooh, well, that in itself is a tough one. But I will tell you the first R-rated movie that freaked me the fuck out. Okay. And and then and this was something. I mean, this was a uh, like, oh my god, I'll never forget this. Uh, my dad and his girlfriend at the time took me to see a horror movie called Dead and Buried. Okay. A, a, a great like man. If, if you love like early '80s horror movies, check it out. Very good. Robert England's in it. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, it came out in 1981. Yeah, yeah, the grandpa from fucking uh, uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory was in it. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, but it, it's 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 a really cool movie. But I'll never forget this opening night. My dad wanted to see it. Huge horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he took me, and there's a scene in the movie where one of the villains, because there's multiple villains. Uh, mm-hmm. stabs a guy in the hospital in the eye with a hypodermic needle. And, and you know, at this point, I've already seen Halloween. I've already mm-hmm. seen Friday the 13th. I've seen, you know, a lot of scary movies. For a kid that, like, you know, is, you know, barely in fucking grade school, I've seen a lot of this shit, so I'm kind of, you know, oblivious to it. But there was just something about this scene. When she stabbed the guy in the eye, I lost my shit and started screaming. <laughs> and, 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 like, they had to take me out of the theater. And yeah. My, and my dad was so pissed. <laughs> you know, and, hey, my dad was a good dad. I, you know, I know this is going to sound bad, but he was just like, the fuck, you fucking embarrassed me. God damn, it's just a goddamn movie. What the fuck are you doing? You know, oh, you know, no. <laughs> you know, but, but, I mean, he was a really cool dad. You know, it's just like, I, I think what it was is like, I was so, like, cool to other shit, like, he thought I could handle it. Right. You know, and we're also talking about a different era, people. Oh, totally. You know, totally. We're about a different era. But, uh, yeah, it freaked me out. And I remember he had to bring me home to my grandparents and then him and his girlfriend went back to see the nine o'clock showing (laughs) of the the same movie yeah he really wanted to see it but that was uh you know as far as r-rated movies i had seen some other r-rated movies but that was like the first one like oh i can't handle this shit it freaked me the fuck out and yeah and and to this day i mean i i i still have that movie on on dvd and i watch it oh nice and now i relish that part you know, because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But uh, at the same time, I also remember how much it freaked me out. So uh, not not the first R-rated movie, but the first R-rated movie I remember having an impact. Okay, you know, yeah, like, that's a great answer. All right, what is your favorite Oscar-winning movie that you can think of? Uh, my, For Best Picture. Okay, oh, oh okay, oh, okay. Oh, so it had to win Best Picture. Right. Um... This is a tough one because, I mean, it almost involves some research, but yeah. the best you can do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, the, it, it, it is a tough one because I, I kind of looked at it differently because I thought it could, uh, uh, when I was preparing for the answers, I was thinking, like, you know, it could have won an Oscar for cinematography or best supporting actor. We can do that too. You know, I mean, or, whatever you want to, uh, whatever you want to mention. No, 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 no. But, but no, I like it because you're throwing it at me now, and now I got to okay. think, think on my feet, and I like it. And, okay. and again, I I hate this to be, uh, you know, a stocked answer, but uh, I would have to say The Godfather. That makes sense. You, yeah. You Which know, one though? One or uh, two? Uh, one. Okay. One, you know, I I there was a time when I went back and forth about, you know, what's better, Godfather one or two, mm-hmm. and uh, Godfather two. I got to admit, you know, as a child, 
took me longer to get into. Okay. Uh, because I did not like the De Niro parts. Well, because I was a, you got to understand though. I mean, I was a kid, and okay. and, and you're making me read. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. I, I think that's what bothered me the most. Like, 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 no, a movie's supposed to be easy. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not supposed to read. That's like homework. <laughs> um, you know, and, and 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 I think as a kid, to me, I wasn't used to that kind of nonlinear uh, storytelling. Sure. You, you know, to where it goes back and forth between what's current and what's past, and it kind of like, ah, what the fuck? But mm-hmm. then, you know, as I got older, I was like, oh my god, how amazing! And then when I saw Godfather Three, I was like, "Oh yeah, Godfather Two is amazing." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, I'll never, I'll never. I stayed up. I stayed up. I rented it. Uh, Jesus Christ! I think I, yeah, I still had VHS at the time. I remember I used to go to this place called the Movie Station. That's where I rented movies. Okay. And I got Godfather One and Godfather Two, and they were both double VHSs. Yeah. And I, I stayed up. Uh, Christmas Eve, watching him back to back because uh, Godfather Three came out on Christmas Day, right, nineteen ninety. So I I tried to plan mm-hmm. it to where as soon as I got done with that, I'm gonna go to the movie theater and see Godfather Three. Eh, what a disappointment! I know, still a good movie, but compared to the first two, I mean, come that on. might be the one of the all time movies when it came to so much hype and then just a lack down for a lot of people yeah that's a fucked up thing is it's still not bad but i mean you gotta look at like you know jesus do you do you think the movie would have been better if they had winona Ryder instead of um sofia coppola or or whoever they were they were thinking about i'm i'm one of those i think that's irrelevant okay i I, I honestly because i think that was an ill-conceived storyline to begin with the whole the whole like guy fucking his cousin thing i'm like "Eh, yeah yeah i'm I'm like really (laughs) Really, I don't know. Maybe that's a Sicilian thing. I don't know. I'm Irish. I don't okay. know. We, we fuck other people, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was an ill-conceived storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to to me, the biggest problem is it just seemed like so like kind of thrown together. It would have been so much entertaining, more entertaining, I should say, if Duvall would have been in there and like the original story, exactly storyline, which was a fight between power. Yeah, between Duvall and and and, uh, and Pacino. Yeah, that would have been a much more powerful storytelling, and I think they could have done like a way better uh, background story with the '70s New York mob. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean there, there was such a great storyline with just the '70s era mob, mm-hmm. you know. But I think you know it's one of those things where too much time passed. They should. Yeah, they, exactly. sh- they should have done it in the early '80s when they wanted to, and and I mean, as a aficionado, you know, there was points when fucking Stallone was attached to it. Yeah, there was a point when Eddie Murphy was fucking attached to it for <laughs> Christ's right. sake. You know, you know. But, but you're right. It's funny because the what you mentioned, like the conflict that could have been between Pacino and Duvall, was actually almost happening in real life when it came to the contract, and and oh, yeah. Pacino wanted too much money and and priced Duvall out basically. Yeah, and, and and what what's crazy is they settled on that because goddamn, if you would have gave you know, fucking Robert Duvall, man, come on, Robert fucking the great Santini, you motherfucker. That's right. You know, That's it's right. like goddamn, give him the money, and you could have had a much better story. But I think it was you know it you could tell there was some love put into it. You know, uh, let's be honest, Coppola did this 
because they let him do a bunch of other pictures in order to do this. Right. You, you know, the, the time to do that would have been after Apocalypse Now. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been to yeah. do Godfather 3. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and, and, and he did it like, okay, I'm, I, you know, this is the sh- this is why my grandchildren will never have to work because <laughs> I do this movie. But, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, he had, you know, his family's involved in all this shit, but I honestly don't think his heart was in it as much. And, and even Mario Puzo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. The time to do that would have been after Apocalypse Now. All right, that's just part one of this well over three and a half hour interview I did with Ian. We had to split it up into two parts. So tune in next week to hear the remaining hour and a half I have with Ian. Also, if you can't get enough of him, and of course, the amazing Ralph Vieira, check out the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, all things hard rock and heavy metal. But even if you aren't really into that music and you just want to hear the witty banter between the two guys, it is amazing. They have a great rapport. Check them out. And also, if you just want to hear Ian play some amazing eclectic music, you can always give him requests. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern, only on a show called Wadzilla's world and that is only on sound for your radio and that is online all right until next week this is brian signing off if you enjoy this podcast and are an itunes user please do the show a favor and head on over to the official itunes page for damn good movie memories be sure to leave a rating and a review this will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 